Says the Sheer is sponsored by new grandparents Bati and Eddie Jacobs in celebration of the birth of a son to their daughter Nomi and Jor Ariel. Of course, Eddie was a student in the yeshiva. That's when I met him many years ago. He married uh, Rabbi Riskin's daughter. And now they have a grandson, which makes us all very happy. Okay, well I want to look at, look at a little bit, is what's called Milchemet Arbat Battle that was waged between the four kings and the five kings. This story is told, this whole story is told in Perak Yudalit, in the 14th chapter of Bereshit. And of course it's a little bit odd. You know, anytime uh, the Torah tells you a story, tells you a story that doesn't seem to be particularly meaningful, even though it may be uh, an interesting story in itself, but it, it doesn't seem to be uh, ideologically meaningful in uh, any manner. And you know, we have this problem. So let's look at it. Let's look a little bit more carefully. The first pasuk says, a list of names. Right, this is the challenge for the Baalei Kriya in Shul and Shabbat to get all the names correct. So names, right? Names, these names are, are totally unimportant and irrelevant and they pass off away into history, forgotten. I mean, you've never heard them mentioned, any of these people. So Rashi, in typical Rashi fashion, Rashi tries to bring us a little closer to the names in the Pasuk. And how does he do that? He said, look at Amraphel. You see the first name, Amraphel? Who Nimrod? Oh, Nimrod, that's a, 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 the name of a person who is more well-known to us and who had interaction with Avram Avinu, right? Nimrod put Avram Avinu, uh, or put him into a uh, fiery furnace uh, because of his ideas, uh, because of his ideas. So Rashi says, who Nimrod? Shamal Avraham, pol letoch fall into the fiery fur furnace. So, so Rashi says, well, the, the Hebrew word pol, which is like really the Hebrew word Tipol or nifol, right? Usually that's the word. But pol in sivui, right? Sivui, very often the first uh, of the uh, root letters disappears. And you have a short word, like sivui, you want to say it fast. Go, come, stand, sit, you want to do it fast. So in Hebrew, sometimes the sivui misses that first. Uh, First consonant, the bis of the first consonant. So it says here, Paul the Tokim Chana Esh. That's how I know who Amraphel is. Then Amraphel was Melech Goyim. Rashi says, Bakom Yeshua Goyim. Goyim is not nations, as it usually is, but it's just the name of a place like Weehawken. Makom Yeshua Shmo Goyim. Al Shem Shenit Katsushama. Mikama Umot, they got together, different nations got together in that place, Umikomot, Vimlihu Ishalihem, Ushimotidal. So Rashi again is telling us a little bit about Tidal Melech Goyim and why he's called Melech Goyim. Right? The second Pasuk continues, Asumil Chama, Et Bera Melech Sidom, Vet Birsha Melech Amora. Shinal Melech Adma, Veshem Eber Melech Tsevoyim, Umelech Bela, He Tsoar. So at least four of these places are known to us from another context, and that is when, when God overturned Sodom, destroyed Sodom, he, the destruction extended beyond Sodom to Stoma, Morad, Man, Tsevoyim. All of those places were, were eventually destroyed by God. But Rashi, Rashi continues his idea, and he says, Bera, right? You see the, the vocalized form of the name? Bera. So Rashi says, no, he says, read it like Bera, la shamayim, Bera, la briot. 
right? Which means, you know, that's Bera. He was he was a bad he was a bad guy. Birisha, Oh, he was greatly uh, wicked. Shinav, right? So see Shinav. But if you just look at the letters, you see Shin Nun Aleph. So this is a kind of a well-known way of interpreting words in the Torah that especially words that don't seem to have any particular meaning. And here in this case, there's really no reason for us to know who these people are, what their names were. It would be just as, as obvious to us if the Torah would have said four kings went to fight with five kings. Well, I, what do I have to know? Well, I have to know what their names are. And Rashi is the one who kind of emphasized this point again and again until we, when we read the Chumash, we naturally react to that in this way. Rashi taught us that every word should mean something. Every word should be uh, 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 very serious and um, important. Every word should be important. That's what Rashi taught us. So we get to words like the names of these people and we're kind of stymied. I mean, how can we make it into an important part of the Torah? So Rashi does it for us, wherever he can, that is to say, wherever he can. You know, sometimes, sometimes the opposite is true, that people who do have names are presented in the Torah as being nameless, right? For example, when Avraham took Yitzchak, he went with he went with his two, these two, uh, I don't know what Nahar is, like uh, associates. He went with, the, with these two guys. Now Rashi says, Rashi says, you know who these Shnei Naharim were? You know, they were, they were, uh, who were they? Eliezer. Eliezer and Yishmael. Eliezer and Yishmael. So, so there it's the opposite. The Torah, according to Rashi, the way Rashi learns it, Rashi learns from Chazal, and they're going to say that every time. But Rashi learns from Chazal. What did Rashi learn from Chazal? That they weren't into it. It's as if the Torah would have written, oh, it was Yishmael and Eliezer who went along with them. So that's fine. It wouldn't bother us. But in the Torah, in the way that, in the way that uh, Rashi understands it, it would be as though we said, they, they were part of what was going on, Yishmael and Eliezer, whereas in fact, Yishmael and Eliezer had no way, had no way of determining uh, uh, what the religious significance of what Avraham Avinu was doing. And so in that, that case, or in such a case, what happens? The Torah doesn't mention their name. The Torah doesn't mention their name because, so sometimes you have one sort of problem and you have another sort of problem. So this is what, this is how this, the story begins. Then uh, the story continues in Pasuk, Dalet Shtei Misrei Shanav, Duet Kedar Omer, Ushloshus Rei Shanam Maradu, the, the, it was like, uh, well, I don't want to say it was like, but there was a long, a very long kind of revolt. Pasuk, hey, Barbaz Rei Shanav, Bar Kedar Omer, Bar Menachim so look, if you're interested in a lot of work that was done, you know, in modern times about place names and where they are and the connection between archaeology and, and the psukim and the Torah, I have no interest in any of that. So if you're interested, you have to find out on your own. Pasuk Zayin, Pasuk Vav, So they go through all the people that they fought against Right? Pasuk Zayin, Pasuk Chet, Pasuk Chet. You see Pasuk Chet? I'm skipping a little bit here and there. Pasuk Chet. Vayitzei Melech Sdom, Umelech Amura, Melech Adma, Melech Tzvoyim, Tzvoyim, by Kriyuchtiv. That's what you see in the Chumash, right? The Sadi Bet Yud Yud Bet is what's written in the Torah scroll. But we read it, we read it Tzvoyim. They're vocalized form, even though it's written a little different, but that's, that's called the Kri Uchtiv, which is very common in the Torah. 
ומלך בלה ייצור ויערכו אותה מלחמה בעמק הסידים. ראית עת כדור לאום המלך אלה ודידם מלך גויים והמפר מלך שלה ויוך בן האצה ארבעה מלכים את החמישה. There was this battle. ועמק הסידים בעירות בעירות חימה וינסו מנדסתום ועבורה ויפלו שמה ונשארים הרע נסו. פסוק י"א, ויקחו אבסר מטרנס, they fought with each other, one side was winning and the other side was losing, פסוק י"א, ויקחו את כל רכוש סדום ועמורה ואת כל אכלם וילכו, they beat up on סדום ועמורה, ויקחו, פסוק י"ב, finally we get back into a kind of reality that we can deal with, in פסוק י"ב. What is Pasuk Yudbet? Vayichu et Lot. Oh, Lot. That's a familiar name. Right? We know Lot. Lot is the one who couldn't get along with Avram Avinu. Lot is the one who said, no, no, it's mine. And Avram Avinu said, okay, we'll divide it up. And Lot agreed. He went over there. And Avram Avinu stayed over here. Where did Lot go? Oh, he went in the direction of Sodom. I mean, he lived in Sodom, but his, his flocks were somehow outside of the city of Sodom. The city of Sodom, we all know, right? You go on the way to Beersheba, you make a left turn, and you end up no place, and it's a sign that says Sodom. So that's, you know, there's a lot of things in Israel like that. You drive, you drive, you drive, you get to no place, and there's a sign that says, well, actually, you, if you have imagination, you're someplace. So, <coughs> So that's what, that's what happened then, Pasuk Yud Bet. Vayikhu et lot vet rechusho ben achi Avram vayelechu vehu yoshev v'stom. So there's a story within the story. The big story is, what sounds like there was a war. There was a war and these guys won and these guys lost. I don't know who the good guy is in this story. I don't know who the bad guy is. I don't know if the winner should win and the loser should. I don't really think about it. But all of a sudden, in the middle of the story, in the middle of the story, there's a kind of a hiatus. And in that hiatus, it says, and Lot, he was captured. Lot, he was captured. So I don't know how to react to that because Lot, Lot I had a bad impression about Lot. Lot ran away from Abraham, didn't want to partic participate in Abraham's insights about the world and about God. So he's a bad guy. So Machpatli, Machpatli, Vaikhu et Lot vet Yuchusho ben Achi Abraham Elchuhu, Vahu Yosheb is a dome, Pasuk Yud Gimel. Then you have one of these mystery, mystery psukim, Yud Gimel. Vayavo hapalit. A palit is the modern Hebrew word for refugee. And it comes from here. It's the word, you know, somebody said, how do you say refugee in Hebrew? So somebody said, palit. There it is, right there. Now I don't know if that's what the word palit means in the Chumash. That I don't know. But I do know that Rashi presents us with a very special kind of interpretation. If you look at the Rashi, you go to Rashi, uh, just one second. You see four lines in the bottom. Four lines in the bottom of the Rashi. I don't know. I don't know why that word is there. So, Og is Og Melechabasha. You remember that before the Jews went into Eretz Canaan under the leadership of Yeshua Ben Nun, they fought several battles under the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu still. And those battles were fought against Sichon and Og, two kings. And the, they, they won in those, those battles and they gained the land that was eventually given to Ruvein God and Chatsi Shevet Menashe. But they said, we have flocks and we have sheep, but we, we can't go, we can't, we have to leave them someplace. Give us this land. And Moshe Rabbeinu, directed by God, gave them that land on the condition that they would fight, that they would go with the rest of Am Yisrael into Eretz Canaan and fight, and then they would go back and live in, in that land. So Og Melech HaBashan, Og Melech HaBashan was a kind of a mythical character. Mythical character. 
So the Torah says, the Torah says, What what would we explain? How would we how would I explain Vayabopalit? Nobody. Nobody, a guy who's nobody. He came. You know, that happens all the time in war. Everybody starts running in different directions. And one guy ends up in, in the vicinity of Avram Avinu. One guy, along comes Rashi, and Rashi says, no, the people should tell us that, oh, shepalat min ha-milchama, that the word palit refers to the person who was uh, uh, sent out, sent out from the war. He ran away. And this is validated by a pasuk in Dvarim, Kirak He only Og was left over. Remember the Rifaim came down from heaven. There were these, you know, mythological characters who came into the world and then disappeared. But Og was left. And that's what the Pasuk in Tvarim means. That there was a war and all the Rifaim were killed except for Og. Og was the only one. Og was the only one uh, left. Omidrash, Breshit, Mabul, another kind of uh, the same idea that Palat, Palit means escaped from. So Og escaped from the, uh, from the Mabul, from the, the flood, because he's still alive. Okay, so this doesn't mean anything, this Rashi. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, little kids that make these little chovrot for little kids with stories. So they write, you know, the pictures of the four kings, like looking at them. A big picture of Og Melech Bashan coming to. Wait, what does this all mean? Why does Rashi quote this? I mean, Rashi must know that this is kind of a fantastic idea. <coughs> no, you don't think so? You think Rashi bought it? Yeah, he has a problem with the uh, text. What's the problem? Because it says a palit. So it says hey, What? Hey, hey, ha palit. Oh, hey, hey, Very good. <coughs> Very good. But I mean, in Hebrew, it's not true. Ah. <laughs> no, it's not true that every definitive article means a guy that we know about. Okay. He was, he was famous. He was the unique Palit. But it doesn't mean that he was Og Belech HaBashan. I mean, how do you get to Og Belech HaBashan? You do a Google. Google search. I'm talking about Rashi. About Rashi. Why did Rashi like this medrash? It's a medrash. So you know we have a medrash, and the medrash says Ogbel Chavashad. So you can take it or leave it. Can't you? We'll see. The Ramban says that very shortly. You know, every every medrash, I'd be okay. Rashi says Ogbel Chavashad. Somebody else says it was Jack Schwartz from Borough Park. I mean, what's the difference who it was? So the issue that Rashi has very often, which is a very important, which is important for us in understanding the story, is where the hand of God enters into the story. And according to Rashi, Vayavoha Palit says, this was engineered by God. Because it didn't have to happen that way. So, uh, a load could have been captured and no one would ever find out. I mean, it wasn't as though he had a cell phone. It wasn't as though he could call Abraham and sort of say, listen, you got to come and save me. So Hapalit, Hapalit is, a, uh, is an example of the hand of God. Now, what makes you certain that it's the hand of God? Well, it wasn't just anybody. But it was Og Melech HaBashan. So you can imagine that it would be Og Melech HaBashan without being the hand of God. No. So that's Rashi. Rashi says that this Pasuk is the beginning of the real story. There's a real story here. That story is not about the war of the four kings against the five kings, which probably happened. And there were many, there were many wars that took place in the ancient world, ongoing and never ending. And, 
And and if you ever learn uh, if you ever learn Tanakh, you know that there was this this ongoing war between Egypt and Babel for hundreds of years. Sometimes Egypt was was on top of the story, and sometimes Babel was on top of the story. If you remember, if you can remember back to high school, that's like high school. But here, Rashi wants us to know. Rashi wants us to know that God is in charge of this story, right? Of this story. And so, that's why Yavo HaPalit, by Yagein, Lavram Ha'ivri, I'm sorry, by Yavo HaPalit, by Yagein, Lavram Ha'ivri, Vushokhein, Be'elonei Ma'amrei, Ha'emori, that's important, Be'elonei Ma'amrei, Znei Chevron, Achi Eshkol, Achi Enor, Ba'alei Brit Avraham, and why? We have to know the names of these people, Rashi is also concerned about that, but let's go on quickly. <coughs> Rash uh, the Pasuk Yud Dalit Vayishma Avram Ki Nishba Achiv the Palit told him Vayarek et Chanichav Yelidei Beitos Shmona Sashlos Brud Vidov Ad Dan So Vayishma Avram Right Pasuk Yud Dalit Pasuk Yud Dalit to turn the page I think I think Vayishma Avram he heard he heard from the Palit. And then the Pasuk says, Vayarek et Chanichav. Vayarek et Chanichav. You see on page two at the top, Vayarek ketargumo vizariz. Vayarek, Rashi says, well, Ungulus says, Targumo, Ungulus says zariz, quickly. He made the move quickly, Vayarek et Chanichav. V'chein, Yarikoti acharechem charev. Is another example with Unculus and a third example. And then Chanichav, skip to Chanichav, the end of the second line. Chanichav. What is Chanichav? Chanichav. In Bnei Akiva, we used to call the little kids Chanichim and the big kids Madrichim. That's how, we, that's how we did it. Nobody got paid. You didn't get paid for being a little kid and you didn't get paid for being a big kid. Right? That was how it was. Listen to Rashi. Chanacho Ktiv. Chanacho, his student. Chanichav. What does that mean? Chanachav. Like if you look at the pasuk, you see the pasuk. Where's the pasuk? Vaishma Abraham. Vayarek et chanichav yelidei beito. Right, that's what it says. It says, Chet Nun Yud Kav Yud Vav, right? Full spelling, full spelling. But Rashi, Rashi says, Chanichav, Chanichav Ketiv. It was Rashi knew of some other spelling of the Chumash. You see, it, and the, you could, you know, the, the word Chanichav could be spelled Chet Nun Kav Vav. You just vocalize it that way. Cha, ni, chav. You don't need all those yuds. I mean, you need them, but you don't necessarily need them. So Rashi says, chanichav ktiv. So it's a singular. You could also read as chanacho. Chanichav, plural. Chanacho, his student. Ze Eliezer, Sheikh Nicholi Mitzvot. Vuhul is shown had chalat knisata adam, o klil umanut shuatid la modba. And so this is uh, a reference to Eliezer, who was uh, taught the mitzvot uh, uh, by Avram Avinu. And this is, uh, it means that the beginning of entry into a matter. Right, entry into a matter, or klila umanutu atila modba, or a kind of way of of getting involved in some kind of skill. V'chein chanoch lenar, teach a child in accordance with his abilities. Chanukat hamizbeach, chanukat habayit. Right, all of these things is the word. So what what is what did Rashi say? By Yarek and Chanichav, Rashi says. 
something that's not clear to us, that he said, well, it really could be spelled this way, and it refers to Eliezer. Eliezer was a student, so again, Rashi is entering, uh, is, is telling us something interesting, although it's not indicated in the text at all, and that is, in order to muster up an army, you have to have, uh, you have to be a leader. In order to be a leader, you have to have educated other people in your way, whatever your way is. That's what leadership is. Leadership is about education. That's what Rashi says. And therefore, Rashi says, that you could read it in the singular, the singular means Eliezer, because Eliezer is the only one that we know of at that time who was truly a Talmud of Abraham Avinu. And it also emphasizes the distinction, again, between Eliezer and, and Lot. Right? Lot was not. Was not. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the Pasuk says, back to the Pasuk, uh, Vayichalek alehem. Oh, I'm sorry. Go back a little bit. He ran after them until Dan. Dan is the name of a tribe. One of the sons of Yaakov is named Dan. But his portion was way to the north of Eretz Canaan. So that means we have here geographically. Alod Moreh, right near Yerushalayim, Sidon, which is southeast of Yerushalayim, and Dan, which is due north. You have to cover the entirety of Eretz Israel in this enterprise that Avram Avinu is entering into, right? Pasuk Tedvavi Chalekalem Laila, Huva Vayakem, Vayedefemat Chova. Chova is the name of a place. He ran after them. Avram is winning everything, every battle. Hashem is small in Damascus. Now, this is a crux. Meaning, who understands this? Hashem is small in Damascus. You know where Damascus is? We've heard of it, right? Lately, it's become a, a city of note on the map of the world. On the map of the world, I mean, you know, now that everything is going to change, that will also change. And so, uh, uh, but right now, uh, domestic is a rough place to be, but we know geographically where it is, where Damascus is. It's east of the north of Israel, right? Would that be a fair kind of way of saying it? You go to the north, that's where they were. Where, where is the northern part of Eretz Israel? It's Dan, right? They went to the east, they chased them all the way to the east, until Damascus. This is also no shyness. I don't know if you pay attention to those shyness, but the, one of those shyness mentions the fact that they chased, that Avram chased them to Damascus. <coughs> to, yes. Uh, now, just one second. Mismol uh, Damascus, right? That's uh, Tetvav. So let's look at the Rashi. Rashi, Mismol Damascus, Tetvav. Where's Akhovah? Rashi says this. Ah, here. Tetvav, the beginning of Pasuk Vayechalek Alehem, Lefib Shutov, Sares Hamikra. I've got all these Rashi things here. You know, Sares Hamikra, Rashi says that you could read the words in a different order. Have you, you have to change the order in which the words are written in order to understand properly what is intended in the Pasuk. <coughs> so he says, <laughs> This is how the, those who are chasing after do it. <laughs> They, they split up. They're running after because the people they're running after also split up. They try to hide. So the chasers split up into, into separate groups. That's what Rashi says. Laila. Right? Remember the Pasuk. Look at the Pasuk. I'm sorry to turn the page. Pasuk. Pasuk Yudal. 
פסוק ט"ו, ויחלק עליהם לילה. אז ויחלק עליהם means they divided into groups. And לילה, לילה רש"י says, what is לילה? כלומר, אחר שחשכה לא נמנעו מלרדפה. They kept going even in the night time, even though it's well known in the ancient world, they didn't uh, fight so much at night unless there was a moon because you couldn't see who are the, who is your guys and who are their guys. I mean, you couldn't see anything at night. So Laila, Rashi says, They kept on chasing after them. Now, Medrash Agada, Rashi quotes. We know when Rashi quotes something fantastic, there's a reason. So what is the fantastic thing that he quotes in the first there was a miracle and the miracle was that they could see David was was the first half of the night they could still see So the, the second half of the night was put away somehow. That's where they chased them to, a place where Rashi says, So the word Chova, according to Rashi, is not the name of a place, but the word Chova means a sin, an obligation. You're obliged to something. That's chova. So, so what chova? You know that there was a king in Israel after Shlomo Amelech. The king in Israel after in Israel in the northern kingdom after Shlomo Amelech's name was Yeravam ben Nevat. Yeravam ben Nevat is singled out in the Gemara in Sanhedrin in the Mishnah Sanhedrin as being a really bad guy. What did Yeravam ben Nevat do that was so bad? Well, he put up, he didn't want the Jews to go to Yerushalayim to serve God in the Beit HaMikdash. So he set up idols, one in Dan and one in Beit El, which uh, was supposed to attack crowds from, from, it was like the competitive, the competitive Mishkan. So that's the chova, that's the obligation, the sin, the transgression that is, uh, that is actually uh, referred to Rashi says, "Al sheba voda zarasha atida liyotsha." Okay, that's great. Now, with your permission, let's look at the uh, let's look at the uh, let's look at the Rambam. Uh, Go back to page one. one. Just a, a point here: Lila. So the Midrash says that they saved part of the night and saved it for the Yitzchak Mitzrayim. Yes. That night, that yeah, night. Yeah, we'll say it later. The Ramban, you see the Ramban? Remember what Rashi said? That the night was divided into two? The first half of the night, they saw, and they were able to chase after the others. Katab Rashi, the Fib Here's the Ramban. The Ramban says, oh, Rashi is telling you what the words mean. The Fib he's telling you like how the words mean. Always Pshuto means the sequence of words, not just a word, but it's always how the words fit in to the phrase that we have just read. Kotav Rashi v'ipshuto. Kider harotfim, shemit palgim, achar borcheihem, kishiborchim, zelekad, zelekad. Quote Rashi, this is how it always is when you're chasing after a large group and you're winning, So the large group divides up and once some road run here, some one there. So the chasers also have to divide up. So that's called Vayechalek Alehem Laila. That the night, that they divided themselves up in the nighttime. In the nighttime. That is to say, that is to say that after dark fell, they still kept chasing them. Banachon, Adachon, that's a critical statement. The Raman says, but what's correct, meaning that everything I've said up to now is incorrect. So Rashi, so he doesn't like Rashi. He doesn't like what Rashi said about Vayechalek. He says, he says, I'm sorry, Banachon, Kiradafotam Bayom Adan in Kol Machaneu. 
the, the, the proper way of understanding what happened is that, uh, that Avram Avinu chased after them all the way to Dan. Right? All the way to Dan. Im kol machaneu. The entire Avram Avinu camp was chasing these guys up to Dan. When it became night, and they were no longer able to tell where they were running to, right, because it was dark. So Abraham Avinu divided up his his soldiers into three, into two or three groups. Group A went with Avram Avinu. And they ran after these guys on every possible road that they could find. And he defeated them until they reached Chova, which is to the left of Damasek. And then he came back. So Rashi says that the word, Ramban says that the word, has nothing to do with the night itself. It has to do with the army of Avram Avinu. That the army of Avram Avinu was divided up, and one group went and chased after the, uh, the enemy, and the other seemed to have stayed behind. Right? And and he uh, divided them up, he, Avram Avinu, and his servants who were with him at the night, during the night. So the Ramban, for some reason, disagrees with, with Rashi. Even though he calls it Pshuto, but it's really not Pshat, what Rashi says. It's not really Pshat. That's what the Ramban is saying. So then the Ramban goes on, and he says, by Right? That's the end of the Pasuk or the continuation of the Pasuk. He says, everybody knows that from Elon Moray, which is near Hebron, to uh, to Damasek or to Dan is very far. Right, you know, and we know about Avram Avinu that he never left. Once he got to Eretz Yisrael, no, I'm sorry. Once he came back from Mitzrayim, he didn't leave Eretz Yisrael again. So we never heard of Chutzalaret, but it's still too far. So it must be. Rather, Ramban says, Ramban had this interest in Pshat, it was, it was different than Rashi, right? It, it, it's a topic, it's a topic, but, but we're not going to do that now, right? So the Ramban says, obviously, he must have chased after them for a long time, not a day, not an hour, but maybe a week, maybe two weeks. I mean, they had to chase them and fight them and chase them and fight them from Hebron, which is the south of Eretz Israel, until Dan, which is way to the north, to the north, Adhotziu Otamin Haaretz, Kiheim El Bavel Artsam Ayu Chosrim, because all of these kings were on their way back to where they came from, Bavel Artsam, the place that they came from was called Bavel. Uh, Bavel. Oh. Shayad Nes Gadol, Kasher Dashur Abotenu. Kasher Dashur Abotenu. Oh, here. Just one second. The, I'll, I'll read to you, I'll read to you what you don't have in the sheet. Nes Gadol, the Rabban says, Oh, Shayad Nes Gadol. What do you mean, Oh, Shayad Nes Gadol? Either it took them a long time to get to where they were going, or they got there miraculously, like Chazal said. So what, what do Chazal say? Because I'll say, Orach beraglav, the Pesach in Yeshayahu. Orach beraglav lo yavo. Rabbi Nechemia ma, b'shem Rabbi Abau, lo nit abku raglehem, 
They didn't get any dirt on their feet, on their shoes. There was no dust on their shoes. It's just like, imagine this, this simile in the Medrash. They were, we're talking about Abraham and all of his entourage, chasing after the kings who are going back to Babel, and they're going on the way, they're going to Dan, and from Dan they're going to Damasek, right? And what does the Medrash say? The Medrash said, they weren't even dusty. They weren't even dusty. It was a miracle. They chased them, but they didn't feel like they were chasing them. They had no problem getting from point A to point B. And the Medrash says, Ella Kazet, you know how much dust they had? Uh, you, know, you know how they, uh, the, how much dust they had on their shoes? The same kind of dust that you have when you go from your house to the Beit HaKnesset. Now when you go to the Beit HaKnesset, you want to be careful that you don't come in to the Beit HaKnesset with dirty shoes, right? So you make an effort, make an effort to stay out of the puddles, stay out of the mud, to, to uh, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what you do. So that's the miracle that the Ramban is referring to. This miracle that is found in the Medrash Rabbah, that's what I'm reading. I'm reading from the Medrash Rabbah, this is the miracle. And the language of the Ramban deserves consideration. The Ramban says, Oh, Shayadnes Kado. Oh, it was the Ramban said, the two possibilities of the Pasuk. What is, well, you have to get, get a donkey and see how long it takes you to go from Alon Moret to, uh, uh, to Dan. Right? And that's how long it took them. The amount of time it takes the donkey to get from here to there. And that's, you know, a, a reasonably a large number of days. Or, the Rabban says, maybe it was a miracle. Maybe they were able to do it all at once. Because that's what it says in the, in the Medrash. So it's interesting, isn't it? You know, when the Medrash says, when the Medrash says it's a miracle, so you would think that the Ramban, the Ramban, I mean, maybe not us all the time, but the Ramban would say, look, it was a miracle. How do I know it's a miracle? Chazal says it's a miracle. Why should I argue? Why should I argue with the Chazal position, which is that it's a miracle? Okay, so now we come to the point. The point is this possible in the beginning of Parakhtesvav. Beginning of Parakhtesvav. You see on page two, there's, there's a possible. I mean, the end of this parsha, which we're not going to look at now, is also very interesting. I don't mean to, but I, we can't do it now. The pasuk in the beginning of Perak Tedvav, the, the Perak we just learned is Perak Yudalit. In the beginning of Perak Tedvav, it says, the word machaze is one of the one of the words that's used for prophecy. Machaze, chizayon laila, something you see, you see something that uh, that you didn't think you could see. Right? That's machaze laila, machaze lemor. Sorry, altira Avram. Do not be afraid, Avram. Anochi magenlach, scharcha. I will protect you, God says to Abraham Avinu. You are going to be the recipient of great uh, uh, merit, reward. You will be rewarded. Now, of course, this pasuk doesn't seem to have any context because the previous story was that Abraham Avinu fought a just battle and he succeeded in freeing Lot from, from the, being captured by these, by these kings. It was a great effort on his part. But he did it, obviously, because he felt that, I mean, I, it doesn't say, but I mean, I assume, it was because he felt that he had a certain obligation to his family members, his nephew, uh, uh, Lot. So what is this possible talking about? Right, the victory of Avram Avinu over the kings in saving Lot. Avram had a dream. He saw, he saw something. He saw the presence of God. 
and the presence of God said to him, Altir Abraham, don't be afraid. And what exactly is he afraid of? I mean, why is he afraid? God says to Abraham, I will protect you. I am protecting you. By the way, the first bracha in Shmon Esrei, Baruch Atah Hashem, Magain Abraham. That's this, that's this puzzle. It's right here. Anochi Magain Lach. Forever, forever and ever. Scharcha, Harbeim your reward is very great. What reward? What are we talking about? What possible context is there for this pursuit? So Rashi says, and this is a wonderful Rashi that you should remember, try to remember. Okay. The word achar, achar begins many stories in the Torah and in the Tanakh. And it appears in two forms. And you could say achar hadvarim and you could say acharei hadvarim achar acharei. So Rashi says achar like our pasuk pasuk we're talking about samuch. The two things are close, happen close to each other. Acharei muflat. But if you say acharei hadvarim it means it was a while ago that it happened. So in this case, Rashi says. What is Achar Advarim specifically referring to? Specifically, it's referring to what happened above, the previous parak, the whole battle, the war, the load, the, 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 the finishing, which is also interesting, which we, we are being forced to skip. Achar, Shenaselo Nes Zeh, Sharaget Hamlachim. Rashi says, Who says? What's the nes? What is the nes? Zeh. That he was in a battle? He wasn't sent into the battle by God. He wasn't told that if he goes into the battle and he runs around seven times, the walls will come falling down. That's nes Zeh. This was an elective kind of a battle that Abraham Avinu fought on his own. So what was Nes Zeh? What miracle is Rashi referring to? What miracle? Oh, he's referring to the miracle of chasing after them to Dan and then that and the splitting of the night. Right? The splitting by Yechelak Alehem Halayla. That's what Rashi said. That was the miracle. That, that the darkness did not stand in their way. So, since Achrei Shenaseh lo neseh Sharaget ha-mlachim Vayado Egva Omer So Moshe Rabbeinu said If I would have fought the battle And if there were no obvious miracles in the battle So I would say Okay, I did it I mean, I did it you know, People can fight and win sometimes It's not true that every time you, you uh, Every time you, you have a fight with somebody God has got to be on somebody's side Certainly the Rambam doesn't think that's, that's the case. And there's no reason for us to think that that's the case here as well. So that if Rashi says, Nazelones, there had to be some extraordinary event that took place. And the extraordinary event that took place, there are two extraordinary events. One is, according to Rashi, that the night was divided up. And the first half of the night they were able to see. That's a miracle. And according to the Rambam, the Rambam quotes the Medrash that says, the miracle was that they managed to get from Elon Moret to Dan in no time at all without getting dirty. Right? So there was a miracle. So this was not a regular battle. This was a battle that was won miraculously with the overt intervention of the rebellion. Shlomo Koyta Rashi. And this is what Rashi said. So the Gemara, so Rashi goes on and says, Ayato Egvo Omer. Ayato Egvo Omer. Shema kibalti sachar al kol tzid kotai. So the so Avraham said the fact that Lot was was uh, was captured. Okay, that's Lot's problem. The fact that I decide to go after him that's my problem. But there's obviously what happened was that God supported me. That God helped me. Now why did I deserve that? It wasn't a mitzvah. 
It wasn't a mitzvah of Avraham Avinu to go and, and, and release Lot. So Rashi says, Shema Kibalti Schar Al Kol Tzid Kotai. Maybe, maybe the miracle subtracted from me all the, 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 the bank account of, tz, of Tzedek, of Tzidkut, that I managed to accrue over the years. And therefore, Hakadosh Baruch Hu said to him, "Al dir Avraham, Anochi magain lach mina onesh shelote yanei shal kol otana nefashot sharakta." Nachamul, zol zuri nachamul. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to Avraham Avinu, "I will protect you from punishment." You will not be punished on all of those nifashot sharakta, all of those people that you that you killed. So here you have you have a riot that war is a very difficult enterprise because because in the heat of the battle, anybody who's ever been in a battle will tell you you really can't tell who you should kill and who you should leave. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. So Amr Ravina said, Amr Ravina said, look, I went into battle and I was not commanded by God to do that. And since I was not commanded by God to do this, I was responsible. I mean, not only, it was true, I did it for a good reason, that I had every, every uh, a just reason on my side. But still, there is some sort of problem of indiscriminately killing people. And who knows all of those guys who are running away for Don and, and, and finally getting to Damascus. Who knows about them? I mean, were they, were they less righteous, more righteous? <coughs> who did I kill? So HaKadosh Baruch said, you will not be punished. Right? You are worried about the reward in spite of what you did. So you see, you see that elsewhere in the Torah it tells us that there's a procedure for going to war. You had to go to the Kohen Gadol and, and ask the Urim Tumim whether war was a, a reasonable, acceptable option at a particular time. You couldn't just go, you couldn't just go to war. You couldn't just do that because the collateral damage that a war uh, uh, brings is never justified. It's never justified. And you remember the Gemara says that True? We're talking about one person. We're talking about a person we know for sure that he deserves to be killed. They're talking about, you know, the army, the army, the cooks and the, the bottle washers and the, the people are walking around and the drivers and the civilians. Army is very difficult, very difficult to justify what, what armies do. And therefore the Torah said, check with God. Check with God. When it comes to the mitzvot, the Yishuv Aretz, okay, you have a blanket, a kind of heter. But otherwise, you want to go to a, a kibush a yachid, like David HaMelech did. Where did David HaMelech go to? Uh, Aram Tzova, right? Where's Aram Tzova? Where's Aram Tzova? Syria. Syria. The same place. The same place that Abraham Avinu was chasing after the, after the kings. So that's what it says. As it says, now I want to just read a uh, section from uh, Panim Yafot. Panim Yafot is a Hasidic commentary on Chumash. Pinchas Alevi Horovitz, a Talmud of the Magid Bimezrich, who was a Talmud of the Baal Shemta. Right, so you sort of get the idea. He was a, he was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. In the early days, all the Hasidim were all misnagdim. They were all converts, because there were no Hasidim. They were only Misnagdim, but not all the Misnagdim were great scholars. But many great scholars who were Misnagdim became Hasidim. And so when they write, you see, you can see the, the, the great learning that they did in their earlier years before they joined the movement, before they joined up. So look at what the Parim Yafot says. I ain't perish Rashi. We did that. Right? There's a Gemara. Amar Aleph. Amar Abi Abau. Amar Abalosa. Vipnei ma ne'enash Abraham. 
You remember Brit Bain Abitarim? Kodesh Baruch says to Avram Avinu, and your children will go down to Mitzrayim, they'll be enslaved in a foreign land for 400 years. So the Gemara asked the question, how come? What'd they do? What did Avram Avinu do that implied such a severe punishment on, the, on, his, on his children and grandchildren? I know this is not ideologically where everybody will agree, but this is what it says in the Gemara. Anagaria is a, uh, uh, a gius. What's a gius? A draft. It's, he drafted Talbidei Chachamim into the army. He said, come on, we've got to go kill, save Lot. Anagaria, Shmuel Amar, Mipnei Sheifriz Al-Midotav, Shel HaKodesh Baruch In other words, he said, he said that the Gemara explains Remember, Avram Avinu said to, God promises Avram Avinu progeny and Eretz Yisrael. So Avram Avinu said How do I know that I will inherit the land? Which the Chachamim explained as How do I know that my children and grandchildren will be worthy of staying in Eretz Yisrael? But you know, eventually they were they were exiled from Eretz Yisrael. That somehow he pushed off people because of the battle that he waged. He pushed people off from coming under the wings of the Shekhinah. In Cain Yeshloma, we can say this is all the Gemara. Now the Parim Yafot says, Avraham Avinu felt that he had done this, he had created this problem that was connected to going to war. And he did tshuva, me'ava, the higher form of tshuva. Tshuva me'yura, tshuva me'ava. Baruch chazal, tshuva me'ava, this wondrous thing that turns over my obligations, my sins, and makes them somehow positive. Right, that God after all forgives us even if we do tshuva meyira. We do tshuva because of fear, because we fear the punishment that we're going to get. So it's the Ava that makes the difference, the love. I will protect you from the punishment. Okay? So here you see the Pasuk again. was distressed, according to this Gemara. In the Dorim, Aravid was distressed. He felt that even though he had done the right thing, the right thing might have caused him to have transgressed. And so Akadosh Baruch Hu says to him, Altira Abraham, that Yira, Yira is not enough. Altira Abraham, but do tshuva be'ava. Va'anochim again lecha. If you do tshuva me'ava, then we start off on a clean skate, and it's late, then we're able to do it again. But the pshat in the pasuk, in the beginning of Perak Tedvav, is that Avraham Avinu must have felt a loss, a tremendous uh, 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 unhappiness about the fact that he did not manage to perfect the actions that he did, and Aramina taught us, and this parish teaches us, about the problem with, uh, with warfare. War is a problem. Now, I didn't say that we should never go to war or we shouldn't protect ourselves. And it may be true that I'm a left-wing kind of flower child, but I did not say that, and in spite of the fact that I may be that. But, uh, but what I did say is that war is a problem was a problem and I very much appreciate the fact although I don't know what's really going on because 
That's the, that that it, in in Israel the army tries very hard to consider uh, more far-reaching uh, ethical issues. They do they do try. I never I never heard of any other army doing that. And I hope that it's not just for public consumption, but that it's it's something real that we can all uh, relate to and hope for. But ultimately, it all comes from this pasuk about Avram Avinu and the Gemara and the Dorim and the explanation of Padim Yafon. Have a wonderful show. Good. <laughs> No. Right, so it wasn't elected. His, his no, I, 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 it was, obviously he was not elected, but he was permission to kill all the other people. I mean, it's like, how many people can you kill if one person is, uh, is uh, captured? Right, you know, there's no, there's no way to measure it. I mean, is it, is it, would, could it be analogous to like uh, the Aron the falling when they were carrying it, right? If, yeah. if you touch the Aron, you're Chayavisa, right? You, you're not deserving of living. But isn't it worse to see the Aron falling and you not stop it, right? I mean, maybe. No, no okay, but that's a, that's a problem of, uh, of a fact that is taught to us in the Torah, of the Torah. Now, there's a difference. 